Welcome to Tech Talks. I'm joined today by Chris Piercy from Cinch. Hi, Chris. Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for having me, Jack. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Thank you. Not bad at all. Um, so, look, I always like to kick these things off just to make sure everyone knows who you are. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Cool. So, yeah, I'm Chris Piercy. I'm the Talent Acquisition Manager at Cinch. Um, I've been in Talent Acquisition for or recruitment, let's say, for 11 years now. So, I started my journey on the agency side. Um, joined quite a large business, um, focusing on on infrastructure and networks originally oh, for, nice. the, for that kind of first year or so. And then I, I spent a bit of time at another recruitment agency as well, but always stayed within that IT side. Um, and then made my way through kind of via an IPO into then internal, um, spent a big part of my time at AO.com um, right. for five years before joining Cinch in August. And it, what a ride that's been so far. Yeah, so, oh, so I, I didn't realize that you came through an RPO to then internal. Yeah, so I, I did a stint at um, Deutsche Bank uh, via Resource Solutions. And that was like real high volume, heavy hitting um, contracts, Java developer recruitment for, for um, Deutsche Bank. Yeah, so that was like filling 20, 25 Java devs a month, just pure CV service. And that's what got really wanted the appetite to get fully internal, to start considering the real value that you can add from from a wider talent and attraction perspective um because that was almost just a service you just deliver and deliver and delivering but there's no added value there's no partnering there's no bigger picture um it was great and it was perfect for what i needed at the time and it was that foot that step in the right um direction that i wanted to get to um but yeah that was my my bridge between agency and um internal and you never look back since no, no, <laughs> only forward. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, because I, I always, people always say that about, oh, it surely must be uh, easy going internal. I'm like, are you mental? You have to do, you have to do all the EVP, the forecasting. Um, and also, if you can't fill a role, you can't just not answer emails. You, 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 yeah. You can't just hide. No. no. It's, I mean, it, it takes a lot of the same skills, but it's a completely different job. Right. Um, I mean, for me, I wasn't your typical cat. I wasn't very salesy. I think my, Winning new business was a was a challenge for me, and actually not not a piece of work that I enjoyed. And um, but once if I was working well, if I was recruiting, I loved that part of it. I was really good at it, so I wanted to do that more. And um, that was kind of my journey into trying to think about actually what what else happens internally, and started to explore that. And it was at the time it was really hard to to get into internal recruitment from agency because I think talent acquisition has grown massively over the last maybe 10 years, yeah. but it wasn't um, a department um, for a lot of companies. It was more of a side a side job of, of someone in HR. Um, so really? it's good to see how that's, and probably beyond 10 years, but this is my experience from from joining, um, from going internal talent acquisition. Sure. Um, but now that, that talent acquisition um, has become a piece on its own as a wider people function, um, it started to turn into quite a quite a sexy role now. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So why why has that happened? Because that's a really interesting point. I never thought about it like that. Because yeah, you are right. It never was a, a particular department or anything like that. And yeah, is that because it's harder to find people? I think it's a it's a mix of things really. I think um, it's become a real art to 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 find people. I think companies are um, so focused on how they grow. And how they how they recruit the right talent as well, and and even the way that we we review and, and assess people has completely changed. 
Yeah, so it's not so much just about um, a candidate's CV anymore. Like it's completely changed, and it's not just about what a company wants. It has to be has to be a two way piece. So it's it's all about having been the right career choice for for a candidate or someone that might be of interest in, in joining your company. And the competition is just growing and growing and growing as we come into a world now, especially life after or during COVID. Um, People have started to understand that working remotely or working flexibly in hybrid isn't as uh, as much of an issue that they thought it would be, and actually it works in, in in a lot of businesses. So now that widens the talent pool of not only where companies can attract candidates, but actually where candidates will start to look for um, opportunity. Yeah. Um, so we don't just look at CVs. Education isn't always the most important thing. And, and finding good people, well, a lot of them good people aren't naturally looking. So we need people that have got that ability to um, immersify themselves in, in, in a market or a sector or um, a pool of talent. So let's talk about tech and, you know, you, a job advert isn't going to attract the right people anymore. And now that that's become what it is, we need specialists that can that can understand that market, that can relate to that market as to why you might want to join this company. Where are we going? What are the great things that that employer brand piece that 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 we talk about, and and that's where it's kind of pulled away from from HR now, uh, and, and and HR itself has evolved more when um, from just your typical generalist, and and that's grown arms like so. You're getting a department of pe- a people department that specialises in learning and development in. Uh, in employer relations, in talent acquisition, in reward and benefits, all this, all this that's growing is 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 now become taken seriously as as businesses need to attract the right talent, and to attract the right talent, we have to have the right kind of setup and the right infrastructure in place. A few things you said there, I'd never even thought about in terms of the, what's part of a, especially a an, you know a t- internal talent acquisition manager's role, um, like you said, employee uh, rewards and benefits, L and D usually falls into it as well, right? A lot of the time. How could anyone add that on the on the back of a HR job, you know, ever? But exactly. Yeah. I mean, you look now in, in some talent, some of the really advanced talent acquisition teams, and you've got like data analysts in there, you've got sources, talent acquisition partners. So you've got people that are more focused on working the market. Your employer brand. So that's no longer part of your consumer brand. It's a separate piece that's more aligned to to that people department that works really closely with the the brand so but it's it's about attracting people to work there um i've seen um companies that have project managers business analysts all based within a talent acquisition function which is is awesome and it just shows how big it's becoming and how how important attracting the right people is to businesses growth and success which especially nowadays after covid like you said so much more important because you're not just only competing with the people that are in a 25 mile radius around you you're actually now competing with, I know it sounds dramatic, the world. Well, in, in some cases, yeah. Yeah. Um, so so now that you've got that kind of competition, you really need to up your game when it comes to like your EVP and that sort of thing. Which I, Is that a big part of your job what, now at Cinch? So so my job at Cinch, um, so I've come in as their talent acquisition manager and um, we've Cinch been moving from that almost startup to scale up piece now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we really need to get the right processes in place, the right structure. We've got really ambitious plans to grow as a business, 
Um, and and Cinch is really well known. Or it, you know, it's grown massively from a consumer perspective. People see the adverts with Rylan on. They see all the sponsorship and and, and that them really um, obvious brand colours. You know, the, the purples and the blues that people recognize that company now but what what we need need to go on a journey of is is getting people to recognize that company from an employer branding perspective so who what we like to work for uh, who are the great people that work in our company what are our values what's the culture like here and and why would you want to come and work there yeah. so so that's that's a piece of 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 what I'll be working on but also how do we attract the right people how do we get in front of the right people What's the, the the structure internally to be able to provide that support and that that real partnership with our so our stakeholders being the hiring managers, people that need to recruit into Cinch. So that's a big part of what I'm doing is looking at the, the bigger piece around attraction, how we assess, ultimately how we hire, how do we get into the in front of the right people to eventually attract them to to either apply or to to have a chat and to to explore a career with us. Yeah, because it, and that's the whole thing, isn't it? Again, like I said before, is that very rarely are people actually actively looking for a job. And if they are, everyone's talking to them. You, you know, you're up against loads and loads of people. How do you get those candidates that aren't necessarily looking, that will just be approaching your business because it is a, a good business to work for? It's a minefield. The, the thing is as well, I mean, I, the, 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 the market for for trying to recruit and, and grow a business has never been any more competitive than, than I've, I've experienced in, in my years of recruitment. So it's so much more important now more than ever, and that's never gonna go away. And, and now a lot of candidates, especially in the tech market, they have the, they have the choice, it's, it's, it's down to them. The ball's in their court. They have three, four, five companies. I mean, most people that, that you, you and I speak to, they've got, Five, six, seven, eight people knocking on my door every day in their in their inboxes, on their phones, on LinkedIn. So how are we standing out? How are we there subtly in the background so that when that message does drop in or when they see us at an event, they think, oh, actually, I remember Cinch from that that great great talk they did at, at that event or that conference or whatever it was. Really feels like a place I'd like to work. Yeah, definitely, and. Obviously, speaking with engineers day in day out, or technical people anyway, sorry, day in day out. What are you finding is the the trends about what's most important to them? What are you seeing come up over and over again? There's a lot around flexibility, yeah, um, and flexibility in how they work, where they work. Um, but there's still, and this this is something that I've always noticed, is there's still a big piece around who they work with. So, are they going to be working with like-minded people that? That have the same drive, that, that have the same passion as them, that really, really care about what what they're doing, and and I think that's a, a big piece in the recruitment and assessment piece that I've always seen from from Cinch, from from AO, and and through through my networks is that that's something. If you're if you're a techie, a, a software engineer, or whatever it is in the market, or or just interviewing. They want to see that why you care about what you're doing, what you want to do, just as much as they want to see why the business cares about their own software developers, their own engineers, anyone within that that tech department. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, usually it was a historically sorry, it was always a case of people com- uh, people coming in. You were te- not testing them, but you were evaluating them on their competencies and their drivers and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, it is the other way around now, isn't it? And it and it's how do you get that across? to people. I mean, how do you get that across to people in interview? 
we work with our with our hiring managers um, around for them to really understand their own departments, their own vision, their own goals, but not just their own teams, their own departments and the and the businesses, but also to really just take into account what are the challenges that you find in in your role, in your department, in your company, and how can that create opportunity? Because the the other thing as well is when when we're interviewing and when we're assessing candidates and we know that we've got to portray a really clear light of what what life's like at Cinch, um, both the, the, the positives, but also some of the challenges. Because from an employment perspective, we want to know that are they up for some of the challenges that we face? Do they understand what what could be difficult for them when they join this business? Um, while also saying, but we're doing so much cool stuff. And when we when we solve these problems, this is where we're going to get to. This is how we're disrupting the market or this is the innovation that we're bringing to the table. You can't mismanage people's expectations. You can't sell them the dream and then expect them not to worry about the challenges that when they join. And you don't want to set them up to fail because it's as much about them succeeding in their career as, as, as yourself succeeding and getting the right person in. And I think that if we really focus on a, a, a give and take as and, and the we as in as in any hiring manager any talent acquisition professional any recruiter needs to focus both on all right these are going to be some of the challenges and hopefully you, the, the right people will be attracted to them challenges and think well actually you know what i can make a difference there i know how to fix that or i i want to be able to try and fix that that will look great on my cv in my experience and i think that's the way that that it needs to be approached now not just slapping a technical test in front. Can you do that? Because if you can't, you're not working with us. There's, there's a lot of, actually, you might not be able to fix it, but how do you go about it? What's that way of thinking? Yeah. Um, and I think that from from my experience, that's worked well as, as part of that assessment process. Something that's a little bit more collaborative, a real life scenario. I love that. So obviously when we had John T on last, he was talking about uh, the interview process and how much you've scaled and that sort of thing. Um, I guess, what is, what is your approach to interviewing at the minute? Yeah, so I think we're, we're, we're very much keen to, to get our people involved in the process. So it's a lot more collaborative. We, we don't rely on, on one person. I think that helps a lot with unconscious bias as well, or, 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 or really kind of minimizing biases in general. So if we've got a few people from, from our, not just that team, but people that, that will be working and interacting, whether that be in the squad or the tribe or across other areas, we try and involve a number of people within a couple of stages and that's talking about what working at Cinch is like, some of the challenges we have, what the direction we're going in and, and what this role is really about, while also trying to understand a bit more about their experience. We might do some um, collaborative whiteboard sessions to understand what their thought processes and their approach to things are, which, which is never a, a right or wrong answer because in the real world, there isn't always a right or wrong answer and you have to, be, you have to work collaboratively to figure that out. And that's why the thought process is, is really important for us. So we don't have typical technical tests, whether that changes in the future or not, but I think it all depends on, you need to be assessing, it goes right back to that job description, yeah. right at the start of the process, what do you need from this person? How are you gonna assess that in them? And and the majority of the time, people want, they, they, they want to someone that's got exposure and experience, um, there's still, learning that's still keen to learn that's keen to to collaborate and to find an answer and not be scared to fail right i love that i love that and, and, and I, that was going to lead me on to my next question actually what kind of people do you look for when hiring into into cinch uh, you, you said if you're there always wanted to be learning not scared of getting stuck in 
problem solving, like to solve problems. Anything else that that you would want people to know that if they're applying for a role at Cinch, they need to have in terms of attributes? I mean, you touched on on some of the key attributes there. Learning and um, development is is a sign of someone that really cares and, and enjoys what they're doing. I think someone that enjoys what they're doing is, is is super important because that's when the real passions come out and that's when when you've got people that are passionate about what they do. That doesn't necessarily mean that they've got hands in the air screaming like, I love this. <laughs> it's 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 like they care, they think about it, they they, they want to understand it, they wanna they want to talk to other people about it. They want to 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 learn together, to progress together, to fail together. So it's just people that aren't afraid to fail that love to get involved, that can work well on their own, but they, they love working with other like-minded people. But also people that are, are quite quite modest in what they do, um, but are interested in, in you know, what's what's the, the right way to do something? What's the right way to solve a, a problem? Not always the fastest or the, the cheapest way. Um, it's it's got to be a some look doing something because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, not just thinking about their ego and how it how it looks externally. Yeah, right. It's even it takes a little bit longer, you know, getting getting to the getting solutions together. Okay. Now, one of the things that we've been talking to people about in the tech community a lot of the time recently is that uh, the obviously the digital skills gap, you know, and that there isn't enough people in tech, you know, the big war on talent that sort of thing, and how they're trying to uh, combat that through whether it be like hiring junior talent or investing in coding schools, that sort of stuff. Is there anything that Cinch are doing in the minutes to try and um, to try and offset the, the skills gap? So I think that that's that's that next journey for us. So so as we've we've grown quickly as a startup, we've got that that kind of the bar set now for for the level of seniority that we needed to get in in order to be able to 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 put a framework in place for to bring it, to bring in junior talent but also to be able to support them and help them grow. So we've been working on recruiting engineering managers whose, whose um, responsibility is, is people management, is, to, is, is to, to help facilitate and enable growth within within um, not just our junior talent, within all talent at, at, within tech at Cinch. But that's something that we need to start focusing on now is how do we start to to invest in in junior talent, how do we, whether that's working with boot camps, partnering with colleges and universities, uh, th- there's going to be a, a a wider approach to this. Um, and over these next few months, we'll start to really get the traction going with that. That's fantastic. I mean, it's it's good that you, it's good that that's something that that a bit you know business like Singe, especially a, bit, a business that's so uh, well known. Um, and is so focused on scaling up, but they're involving junior hires into that. Into that, that scaling is pretty. That's very exciting. There's some great businesses. I mean, in the northwest alone, um, that are doing some some great stuff to to get people into tech and get people into the sector. Um, that's encouraging um, companies to hire more. It's encouraging a more diverse workforce. I mean, the amount of women in tech that there are now yeah. is, is is fantastic and we're seeing that grow more and i know that it's a big agenda for for a lot of companies now to, to invest in in junior talent and and the, this junior talent as well it's not necessarily people associate junior talent with with um grads or, or people or people that are fresh out of education this this necessarily isn't that this could be anyone that's gone through a career change that's returning from 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 an absence of work um, and, and it's great to see so much investment into businesses 
like these, these these boot camps and and the way that the universities and the colleges are working closely with employers to 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 represent the opportunities that are out there for careers um to to educate people from a right from a a, a, a school and educational perspective all the way through to, to people that are considering complete career changes yeah you see that a lot with the, with the boot camps now right with like north code is code nation that sort of stuff yeah um, a lot of people that were like tax consultants or like just completely different careers who have decided to go into well, why do you think that is i mean you've been recruiting tech for like 11 years which my my career isn't a patch on that um what do you why do you think it's such a an attractive proposition for people now going into technology it's the future isn't it i think that a lot of businesses rely heavily on their, their technology yeah um whether that's from i mean my 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 background over the last kind of five six years is is heavily reliant on on e-commerce so having a really effective um website and and actually how does that serve a customer whether that's buying a car or, or buying a fridge it's only going to continue like companies will only become more online more automated and there's going to be more i mean artificial intelligence everything is, is focused on tech so i think that that's a really exciting opportunity that maybe wasn't as as obvious um back 10 15 years ago when when kind of we were going on that journey through through education sure. presuming it's similar <laughs> yeah. age to me maybe <laughs> roping me in there yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, i get you i get you yeah it's and again the conversation we've been having is that in in tech when you go be going into school and trying to get people interested tech was like in a dark room, headphones on, just crunching keys. Whereas people didn't talk about. You had uh, someone called Amelia Bampton on who on the podcast. She talked about it as well. She went to a school uh, years ago and was talking about this, this, this uh, BA, there's product owner roles, there's UX, um, all the way to the other side where it's more like you know data analytics, data science, obviously. But there's roles there you don't require you to even do any coding, you know, and it's. Uh, and I think people need to be educated on that, absolutely, because, there's, yeah. There's so many different types of roles involved in the wider tech landscape. And, and you, you reeled off a load there. When I left uni, I mean, I obviously didn't do a technical course, but I didn't have a clue. I, I, got, I joined a recruitment agency. They said, right, your market is networking infrastructure. <laughs> what what even is that? And then I remember, like, week one... Um, one of our one of our directors as part of the training talked us through kind of how tech is set up and i think if you i remember that drawing in my head still now of like the infrastructure and networks being the hardware and how it's all connected and and it's so much different it's the, how that diagram would look now compared to how it did in in 10 years is amazing and even then at a what was a basic design at the time yeah like like i still struggle to get my head around it so i think there is um uh, an element of it's not nervousness around tech um but there's that there's certainly that lack of understanding i think it can be quite intimidating um not ha having no experience in tech and considering a, a career in tech um and i think that's why as employers we need to be out there educating what that means. What does a, a software engineer do for Cinch? What does a product owner do for Cinch? What does a UX designer do for Cinch? Yeah. So all that, that is a big part of our longer term journey around working with local universities, local colleges, um, with with the community, with the external wider community to, to talk more about what we do, 
why we do it and 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 ultimately like what it means what it what it means to our customers what it means to 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 the industry because because what what since you're doing hadn't been done before so it's it's a really exciting journey to be on you know we're, we're disrupting the market but we need to be able to tell that story. We need to be able to tell that story at, at, at all levels, not just for, for people that, that are outside of technology. So since his culture, since obviously scaled very quickly during a pandemic, everything was remote pretty much. How did, how, first of all, how did, the, how did they do it? But also even like now with you in the business, how have you seen their culture stay so, stay so strong whilst growing so quickly? What do you reckon the secret is to it? So it's all about hiring the right people and not rushing them hires. One thing I've noticed at Cinch is, although there's always an urgency within any company that you you, you um, speak to, hiring is priority and they needed them yesterday. It's always going to be the case, no matter how good your, your forecasting is, there's always going to be recruits that you're trying to make that you needed yesterday. But one thing I've noticed at Cinch is that there is a pressure to get get these people in, but it has to be the right people. So don't worry if they've got an, a, a longer notice period. It's about getting the right person in. Don't worry if you've interviewed four or five people. Don't feel like the next one has to be a hire. It's about finding someone, going back to what you really need, assessing them against what you really need and not assessing them against stuff that's not... not don't worry about the presentation skills if they're not going to be presenting on something. Worry about, do they care? Do they share the same values? Um, and 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 ultimately, if we've got right our own assessment agenda at the start around what we absolutely need, and that's not a massive list, if that's just a, a few key features, and then we can look at who's going to be able to add to our culture but but really kind of absorb our values, then that's what we make the decision on at the end of the day. Can they do the job? Are they going to be an advocate of, of our values? And are they going to bring something to the table? And that seems to be the success that we've had so far in, in, in how since you've grown and how we'll continue to grow is by hiring the right people. Have you, have you seen it, not necessarily at Cinch I'm talking about, but like in the, in the past or heard stories about where businesses have, have rushed hiring and haven't really focused on those things that you just mentioned? And it's, it's been... I think there's been elements of hiring the wrong people in, in most places that I've worked, yeah. but it's, it's ultimately about learning off the back of that so why were they the wrong hire was that it, that's not necessarily that candidate's fault that that could well just be the, the, the hiring manager um who's who's made the wrong decision have we have, do we understand what we're what we're recruiting for have we managed the candidate's expectations on the challenges that come into it have we set them up to succeed or fail and and it's about looking back and learning all right what what was the real reason why that person wasn't the right hire and why, how, how did we not identify it? Or how did the candidate not identify it? Because it's not, it's not just on one person. It's, it's a two-way process both ways. So we, we have to have some accountability and look back and say, right, what could we have done better? And I think you do see that a lot and it does happen. And sometimes it, you know, with the best of us, we, we might recruit someone that we, in hindsight, wasn't, it wasn't right. And, and that doesn't mean it's wrong. But we just need to look back and understand why that was the case. Mate, you know, it's, it's great talking to someone who, all my mates take the mick out of me because I'm, I'm really passionate. I love recruitment. I love doing recruitment. I'm really passionate about it. Get a kick out of it. Even the guys I work with, you know, like, Jesus Christ, chill out. Um, but it's nice talking to you because you are genuinely someone who sounds super passionate about recruitment and like 
throwing teams out. Yeah, I, I buzz off it. I, I, it. It's 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 great to 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 love the job you do. Yeah, and, and that's why I preach so much about it because if you if you if you hire someone that really cares and really loves their job, then it's not it's not just work for them. Them getting up on a Monday morning isn't as much as, of an effort. Learning about your, your 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 craft isn't an effort because you enjoy it, you absorb it. I I love talent acquisition. I love the challenge of how are we how on earth are we going to attract and and assess and hire great people uh, at, at pace, but over a longer term. How do we get ourselves in front of passive candidates? How do we get ourselves out there to to the right audience that are right for our business and, and that our business is right for them? And there's so much in regards to technology that's coming along that that's aiding that um, that talent acquisition and and how right everything from from recruitment systems, applicant tracking systems, right through to to automated um, candidate driven AI. There's, there's so many tools out there that that are just changing the game as 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 TA advances. And it's great to hear about the way that some businesses are tackling these, whether that's tackling the the volume of, of, of applicants that you get. How do you deliver them a great candidate experience while also being able to focus some time on some of the them roles that you've not quite got um, the luxury of, of, of applicants just dropping into your inbox. And the, the great thing about talent acquisition that, that I've not seen um, previously is there's a real community that's grown over, over recent years where talent acquisition professionals are, are knowledge sharing. The, there's a really great scene now for, for webinars, for meetups, for events where people are just sharing ideas, sharing experiences. Um, so that's really great to see. And that's that again, like some of my friends outside talent acquisition don't get it. And but yeah, I, I geek out about it a bit. I think it's great. I think if you want to be successful in, in talent acquisition, yeah. you've got to learn and you've got to you've got to speak to people in different businesses. Because the one thing I learned very quickly is that the challenges I have at Cinch or at AO or or even previous to that, everyone else has got the same challenge. You're not the only one. And different people have, have challenged it differently, whether that's using technology or finding the right people or 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 even recruiting a, a bit of a different skill set into their team. And and that's where talent acquisition's evolving. Because like I mentioned earlier on, it's not service. We're not delivering, in my opinion, we're not delivering a service. We're partnering and adding a value. And it's not just higher heads. It's it's the wider piece around how do we attract the right people and and how do we do it efficiently, that we're delivering a great experience and that we can add intelligence into the process as well around how our competitors are doing and what how they're doing it. And that that all fascinates me. Yeah, I love it. It's great, and and you and you talked there about like uh, tech in recruitment, and and that was always a, a thing years ago. Was uh, like your know, software is going to replace recruiters. Like you're never going to need um, talent acquisition people because software can do it. And I, I 100% do not think that's the case. I think I think you'll work with. I think you'll use technology in your day to day to help you recruit the right people and make your decisions more intelligent. But I think um, how, you know how how can a piece of software monitor someone's culture fit or yeah how can they meet them for a beer to, to eat to ease them into a role or i don't know you know it'll never it'll never replace it'll only it'll only um, enable and enhance yeah. talent acquisitions capability and that you have to have 
uh, a humanistic approach to acquisition because ultimately people buy off people. And if you haven't got people expressing that journey, if someone can't see the passion um, of an individual, then they're not. How are they going to relate to that? Yeah. So the, some of the technology that's coming out now is, is incredible, and it, everything that you think of that that never used to be a big part of the process. When we talk about the war on talent and finding different ways to um, to attract talent, well, the referral piece is huge. And actually, how do we make our our hiring managers, um, how do we make them kind of advocates for, for for recruitment and talent acquisition? And this is a really big piece that I'm really interested in is, is creating a hiring culture where the hiring managers and their teams feel as responsible for um, attracting and ultimately hiring people. So it's, that's not, sounds like I'm trying to palm off talent <laughs> yeah. acquisition. Or, no, actually you should do it. But um, what it, what it really is is actually these guys have got if if not better networks yeah than than ourselves so how do we get them i put them on a pedestal get them shouting about all the great stuff like i i want to join a company that where um i really respect who i'm lining into i respect who i'm working with so you have to be able to see that and there's there's some great stuff that's coming out that that helps enable that anything you can tell us about in terms of like tech that you use day to day, anything interesting? So we've just gone live with, so so our talent acquisition team and part of why my role came in was we are super raw. So we're right from scratch. Yeah. So the, 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 the two in my team have done a fantastic job so far with the hands tied behind the backs. So we're just getting, we've just gone live with an applicant tracking system now, which nice. is going to help us um, be a lot more proactive. We can build talent pools and then eventually once we start building these talent pools, we can start creating them into more engaged kind of talent pipelines uh, or, or engaged communities. In fact, um, we can be a lot more data driven um, so we can look at how long it's taking us to, to recruit, how long people are in each stage of the process. We can automate some of that communication so that we're not taking away that humanistic approach. We're just adding a bit more communication to the candidates in order to give them a better journey. Right. So there's all this stuff, and ultimately we can manage our work a lot better with our, with our stakeholders. So we've just landed that. We've got our um, career site that's going live in by the, at the end of February. Wow! And then yeah, it's, then it's after that. It's like right, what makes sense? Um, there's, we, we're fighting, we, we we're building the structure and the foundations at the minute within our talent acquisition team to be in, to give the team. Uh, better capability, enable them to be faster and more proactive, and and prevent stop. Try and cut out some of that reactivity that naturally comes from not having the right kind of systems in place. Brilliant. Yeah, you, you hear that a lot with with um, especially I think agency side a lot of the time ag agencies not having the right tools to to deliver to roles and that sort of thing. But uh, I, I never thought about it from an internal perspective. But I guess it it could it could look quite expensive on the grand scheme of things if you're like, oh, LinkedIn recruiter account is this much or uh, ATS is this much, whatever. Um, but the amount of money it would save you is, is yeah, monumental. I yeah, bet. absolutely. I mean, the the, the cost of a, a recruitment system is less than, uh, I mean, depending on, on the system that you're getting, but it, it would cost more to, to hire another person and just to take off some of the workload of, right. of the team. So it, it, 
the way that, that we're approached, like this, this ATS is, is going to be the equivalent of another head in the team because it's going to free up um, a lot more time for for our team to. They don't have to post on every single job ad, um, job board anymore. They can just post one advert and it goes to them all. All the applicants come back into the same pot because I think before that we've got to go onto Indeed, post a job, check the ad response on there. Go onto LinkedIn, post a job, check the ad response. That's two job boards and then already like an hour's worth of work. Yeah. So then if you want to get a bit more um, a bit more exposure in a specific tech market, you might look at Haystack or, or um, Hacker Job, for instance. And then again, you've got that. So having that ATS, that applicant tracking system in place just adds so much to, to that, that firepower that a, a talent acquisition team can have. Okay, cool. And, and look, Whenever, whenever we get to the end of the podcast, I always like to ask um, one question. It's always very enlightening. But uh, again, recruiting tech for 11 years, for anybody looking to get into the tech sector, what would be your piece of advice that you would give them? This probably won't come as a surprise following the, the conversation we, we've just had, but get involved. Like there's so many tech, the, the tech community is incredible for, for really supporting each other, for, for knowledge sharing and for, for helping bring people along. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be get yourself involved, get to some of the meetups, whether that's online or in person, um, start speaking to people, understanding their journeys, speak to companies about uh, you know, what their recruitment processes are like, what they look for in people, and um, yeah, just get involved. Thank you for coming, Chris. Really appreciate it. Um, it's been lovely speaking with you. Very excited to see where you're at in 12 months at Cinch and, and how much they're going to grow. Uh, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us, Jack. <laughs>